0: people.org with over 25 different sites that you can get the podcast we ask you to download and subscribe on the preceding word of God Uh, it's come to our attention in John 118 there's much uh, debate uh, concerning John 118 and the various English uh, translations Bibles uh, from the ESV KJV uh, New American Standard Bible etc and Uh, Of course, in the KJV, the King James Version, the Authorized Version, it says, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Uh, Of course, uh, the the discrepancies now have come over, should it be the only begotten God, as in the ESB. And other translations, it's also in the English Standard Version, uh, the... New International Version, uh, the New English Translation, and uh, uh, the New American Standard Bible is saying the only begotten God. Uh, They literally saying the only begotten God is a transcription era in the Alexandrian tradition. uh, When which one is right? And there is a debate over should it be written in this text in the concept only the begotten son now monogamous hewos are the only begotten God monogamous theos and the ESV the English Standard Version uh, says the only God uh, no one has ever seen God the only God who is at the Father's side he has made him known Uh, That's one, uh, the only God. And then we have the New American Standard Bible uh, saying the other side, the only begotten uh, God, which is no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. So which one is it? Is this the only begotten Son, the only begotten God? Uh, what What is the correct revelation? And we'll get into that uh, by the revelation from the Holy Ghost from God Himself. And when we try to literally explain and have the scriptures reveal uh, scriptures, uh, sometimes we can get into trouble. Uh, because the only one that interprets is the Holy Ghost. The letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So we lean not to our own understanding. Whatever the Holy Ghost reveals and leads us and guides us into all truth. And there's many uh, depths in Revelation. Uh, there it will seem like there is obvious contradictions in the Word of God. But it only drives us to a deeper level in truth. Now the facts may look like an obvious discrepancy or an obvious contradiction. But when we turn to the Holy Ghost and the leading and guiding of the Holy Ghost, uh, the truth is altogether the truth. It's, uh, it has nothing to do with facts. Uh, facts can change day to day. Uh, the fact is this, the fact is that, and going off of facts rather than the leading of the Holy Ghost, which is truth. So we want to lean not to our own understanding, but two, the leading of the Holy Ghost. Now, let's go to the, the Word of God in John 118. And we're seeing in the beginning was the Word, the Word with God, the Word was God. Uh, the Word, the Logos, there we're going to find in 1 John 5, 7, there's three the bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. These three are one. It's not in union, in a hoon, it is heis, H-E-I-S. Meaning one in the very self same spirit, not a spirit junior, not a second person, but one spirit. Now we have to understand that God is a spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, God is invisible, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. If we go into heaven, God says, I'm there. David, if you're going to hell, I'm there. Where's the house that you will build me? For he is omnipresent. He's everywhere. The spirit is not finite. He's infinite in his essence and glory. He is God, no beginning, no end. In his essence, he is and always has been the I am that I am. The self-existent eternal God, which is and has been and always will be God. Now, when we try to put this in the fourth dimension in time, we get into trouble because in our finite minds, we can't realize how something of matter, of course, in physics, for it to be real, has to occupy time and space uh, that God occupies uh, In essence, all time, from eternity, from ever, from ever to ever, in the beginning. In the beginning, not the starting point, a point of creation, but that has always been. That is, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and and, uh, the same was in the beginning with God. Well, the Word is the Logos. That's the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. It's the expression office of the spirit. And we find in 1 John 5, 7, it's very important that we see that God is a spirit. That spirit is invisible. That spirit has no blood. It is not in the physical realm. It is in the spiritual realm, the metaphysical. God occupies, uh, he is, and is always, not in a void, but everywhere, omnipresent. He is omniscient, all-knowing. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. This is God that knows all things from the beginning to the end, not subject to time and space. And with that in mind, for God to reveal himself to mankind, who has a beginning and an ending, uh, there that we, uh, uh, God knew us, our members being unperfect, not imperfect, but unperfect. Psalms tells us that, that before we were ever conceived in our mother's womb, that he knew us and knew us and wrote us in his book. Our members being unperfect, not imperfect, but unperfect, not in the physical realm yet, but in God's Logos. So in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Now we have to see that Him is not different from the Father. Because in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis 1 verse 1. Well, how did He do it? And this is... Very important in the revelation of who Jesus is and the son. What is the relationship of the son to the father? Is he the father? And if he is the father, did he just speak to himself? Or is that a separate person? Or exactly what is the son? And that's what we're going to take a look at today. Who is the son? Who is this Jesus? Who is the Christ Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Christos. When we take a look at the Word of God, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by Him. And God said, let there be light. When He said, the Word went out and created. But it was God. Not a God junior, not a second person, of the Godhead, God himself. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The Bereshit bara Barah, Elohim, eight, Tav hashemayim, vayat, hiertz. That Tav that eight, is everything that God is, the Elohim, from A to Z, from the beginning to the end, to the alpha and omega, the Alof and the, the Tav which is the longest chapter in your Bible, Psalm 119. Each letter having eight verses and under it, eight being the new beginnings. So in the revelation that this word, God sent his word. He sent his son. That son is the word of God that was made flesh. The word in itself is not the son. The word is the word. Every individual office of God is an individual office. For example, he is the tetragrammaton, the Yod-Ha-Wah-Ha, Jehovah. That is the tetragrammaton that is Jehovah, Lord. Then we get to Elohim, the Pearl of Elohim. And that has many attributes. In Genesis 126, if you haven't turned into the podcast uh, explaining Genesis 126, please do so. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How did he do it? He did it by himself alone. Well, somebody said, Well, he created man in our own image. Let us, plural personal pronouns, it sounds like that God was speaking to other people. Well, no, he wasn't, because in Genesis 127, it says, so God made m- man in his own image. Singular personal pronoun. Male and female created he them. Uh, here again, single, singular personal pronouns. So there's revelation there. In Isaiah 44, 24, we see that God spanned the heavens by himself and created the earth alone, by myself alone. Isaiah 44:24. We see that the attributes of God and uh, uh, many attributes in the majesty of God. Proverbs 8, I, wisdom, using a singular personal pronoun, I, wisdom, was daily his delights. Sounded like, well, there's a difference there. No, it's a difference in the attributes of God. Love is not power, is not understanding, is not wisdom, but they all dwell together as the attributes of God, making one singular spirit. God is a spirit not spirits a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth so therefore the Father, the Word and the Holy Ghost in 1 John 5, 7 are three different offices or functions of the one spirit of God. How do we know there's only one spirit? because Ephesians 4 tells us Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus there's one body one spirit one lord one faith one baptism one god who is the father of us all above all and in us all calling, calling god as the creator of all the father as he created all things Well, who is that? Colossians 1, 26, 27. So that's Jesus Christ, who created all things, whether it be thrones, principalities, powers. All of these were created. All creation was created by Jesus Christ for him and for his good pleasure. Well, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. However, the Father is the administrative office of the Spirit. Then the word is the expression office of that same spirit. He sent his word, and God said, "God sent his word and healed him." It was a word that was made flesh, in John one fourteen. Now, before we get to John one eighteen, talking about the only begotten God, the only God, or the only begotten Son, we'll take a look at that. And we'll see where the different doctrinal creeds in Protestant religion has been taken from the ecumenical councils uh, some 2,000 years ago. And one being the Council of Nicaea in the Nicene Creed, saying there's a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost in 325 AD. But it did not literally focus on the spirit the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God. In 451 A.D., then we had the God-man doctrine come out, of which most Protestant religions today hold to be the truth, that uh, as far as the Son was begotten before the foundation of the world by the Father. where there's no scripture for that. There's nowhere that the Son was begotten before the foundation of the world. These are surmisings and uh, different theories that man tries to give a plausible explanation for the Son being different from the Father and how it is, and and when we see the truth of it, it's very simple. But we have to go to the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Ghost to see it. And we can't do it by uh, Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, Chaldean, Latin, whatever the case may be. And dividing the word of God, uh, taking a look at the letter, uh, we'll never see it. Uh, Those professing themselves to be wise, uh, God said, become fools. So it's simply by the leading of the Holy Ghost. So the word was made flesh. Now things were made by him. Who's that him? That's Jesus. Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it. Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is definitely pre-existent, but not as a preexistent son. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, not saying, son, go down and die for the sin of the world, being begotten of the Father before the foundation of the world. That's a total error and a lie, as stated in the 451 Chalcedonian Definition. Then what is the truth? Well, God sent his word. The word was made flesh. Well, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. The word was made flesh. The word is the same spirit as the Father, as the Holy Ghost. And that's the reason Jesus God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him and that is not from the tomb, it's from the womb. There is uh, that Jesus is the Holy Ghost. First and foremost is that spirit, always has been that one spirit, not Spirit Junior, but not God Junior, but God himself. And we find that Jesus, Philippians 2, Verse 5 through 8 tells us that Jesus, who being in the form of God, form, morpha, an eternal state, in essence, God, spirit, God is a spirit. When we say God, we're speaking spirit. God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, Jesus, who, being in the form of God, Morpha, an eternal state, in the form of God's Spirit, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Well, the Word's equal with God. The Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is equal with God. All the attributes of God and the Elohim, wisdom, understanding, prudence, knowledge, love, all of these are equal attributes of God. God. When God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness, plural personal pronouns, he was speaking of his attributes. Love came forward. If love had not came forward, man couldn't love. Wisdom came forward. If wisdom hadn't come forward, then man would have no wisdom. He dwelled with prudence. Prudence came forward. Understanding came forward. All the different attributes of God came forward. Not fleshly. But the spirit, these attributes of God came forward and we found an Adam and it was good. In the image and likeness of God. There we have Adam became a living soul. That soul we find in 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five: God breathed in his nostrils a breath of life and he became a living soul. But this last Adam is going to be different. He's going to be made a quickening spirit. There's only one spirit. Not a spirit junior. It's one spirit. But there's going to be a process. A progressive uh, revelation there. That we must see in order to have the knowledge of Christ in the height, depth, length, and width of Christ. So how is it then that this only begotten Now, we're going to focus on the only, the only God, the only begotten. In the ESV, it says there, no man has ever seen God, the only God. Uh, Here we go in the, uh, that's the ESV, the English Standard Version. Now, the uh, New American Standard Bible says no one has seen God at any time the only begotten God. Now notice that only is uh, regardless of which translation you want to use, as they uh, literally scholars are going back and forth the only God, the only begotten Son, uh, which one is it? Notice that everyone is using only. And that only is unique. We need to focus on that only. And we're going to find that regardless if you say only Son or only God, that both are correct if you understand the only. That's very important. The only. Solitary, unique one. Now, in the Old Testament, we're going to focus on the only. Now, everyone knows the story that how in historical account in the Bible in Genesis 22 that Abraham was going to offer his son Isaac, his only son. Now that only in the word of God is Yaquid and that Yaquid is only used 12 times in the whole word of God. Yaquid Thine only son, unique, solitary. That yakid can also mean being alone. Uh, they're literally by yourself. And here we find in Genesis 22, if you will bear with me in the reading of the word of God, in Genesis 22, we find that God is going to test Abram, Abraham to see if he will offer up his only son, thy son, thine only son, Isaac. And we're going to read this in Genesis 22. If you'll see in verse two, well, we read verse one. It came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. And he said, take thy son Here we go. Thine only, Yaquid, thine only son Isaac. We, of course, know Isaac means laughter. Whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah. Now, we know that Abraham had other sons. Ishmael. He had others from Keturah. He had many other sons. But yet, this was his only son of promise. This had spiritual significance as thine only son. The seed of promise that this Eliezer shall not be my seed. And in Genesis 15, he's promised a seed. Here we are in Genesis 22, after Isaac is born, that he is now to offer it up. And notice how God says to him, take now thy son, Thine only, and you'll see son was not in the original transcript, in your manuscript. It was uh, thine only, Isaac. Only is Yaquid, sole, solitary, unique one. The one that is dearest, my darling. The one that you are so wrapped in, in the bowels in love. Not only son, Isaac. And we're going to see. It's going to be third. When we see three in the Word of God, means he's going to raise up. And the third day, three in Bible numerics is, is a resurrection is to raise up. So we're going to see. They're going to Moriah, Mount Moriah, uh, just north there of Jerusalem on that hill, Mount Moriah. And uh, uh, we're going to see this is where Later on, Golgotha will be the place of a skull. And uh, he's going to make an altar there, uh, Jehovah, Jairai. The Lord will see to it. Jairai, beginning of Jairai, Shalom, Jerusalem. So we say, take thy son, thine only son. Very important. That is uh, Genesis 22:2, to thine only son, Yaquid. Now, we're going to focus on that only, and it'll help us see the revelation. Should we say the only begotten God, the only God, the only begotten God, the only begotten Son? Or we'll see that God and Son are one and the self-same. For God, the Father of glory, is that invisible spirit. The Son is the image of the invisible God. He said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So we if we understand the only, that monogonies or monogenes, monogenes us, monogenes theos, it will not make any difference because of the revelation. Because both will be right, both will be correct. If you have an understanding of Yaqui, thine only, thine only son. Well, the only begotten, the only begotten, monogenes, monogenes, eus, monogenes, theos, the only begotten Son, the only begotten God, and we'll see in the scriptures that they're literally one and the same, and by in either of the terms that we'll be talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. There's not another. Never will be another. But we have to understand the Yachit. So, let's take a look. And he says here, verse 3, And Abraham rose up early in the morning. Sadly, Zaz took two of his young men with him. There's two men going with him. Of course, everything's established in the Mount of Two Witnesses. And Isaac, his son. And Clay, the wood, and the burnt offering, and rose up. And went into the place for which God had told him. Then on the third day. Now the third, always on that third day. In the third day, I'll raise you up. You'll live in my sight. Jesus resurrected on the third day. We're in the third day now. as uh, a thousand years is a day. And a day is a thousand years with the Lord. We're in the third day where he's going to raise up the body of Christ. And we will live in his sight. So if you have been tuned in to the podcast, "Stealing God's People, be sure and do so because it is a present truth of the word of God in the preceding word from the throne room of God, what he's doing now and preparing his body for the greatest work that the world has ever seen in the work of the ministry, Ephesians 4.12. Now, back to the Yaquid. He says, and then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Anytime you see lifted up your eyes, it's revelation. We need to pay attention. And Abraham said to his young man, Abide you here with the ass. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Now, some will say, well, he's only a uh, just a young child. No. As Ishmael's been born, Isaac. Uh, Ishmael has been cast out and buried lay a row I, uh there with Hagar. And uh, he is definitely a man at this point. And some will say uh, even around the age of 30, which we agree to, because it's going to be analogous uh, there with our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who started his ministry around the age of 30 and crucified three and a half years later. Uh, he is definitely a full grown man, and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. Now, you notice that Abraham has said to these two young men, the two men with the with the ass to sit back there and said and worship, and we will go worship and come again to you well. He had in his mind, regardless if he had obeyed God, he still believed in his heart because he was promised that seed in Genesis 15, thy son Isaac, that all uh, that seed, that all would be blessed in the seed of Abraham and the promises. Therefore, he believed that if and he had literally slain his son and offered him as a, a sacrifice, that God would raise him again, stating that we will come again. Uh, We'll come again to you. And I and the lad will come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, and they went both of them together. Verse 7, And he spake unto Abraham, his father, Isaac, spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood. Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Now, Isaac knew that there should be an animal sacrifice there. A blood sacrifice to make atonement. Very key verse. The very next verse. In Abraham, verse 8. Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb. Now, that's very, very important and profound. Because the Yaqid, thine only son, that's that cedar promise that God had given to Abraham in Genesis 15. Nice thing, offer it. The, blessed be the Lord that giveth and the Lord that taketh away. Well, here he did not say, Abraham did not say, my son, God will provide a lamb for a sacrifice. He didn't say that. He did say, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. Himself, God himself is that lamb. That God will provide himself a lamb. Who's the lamb? God himself. Somebody says, you don't have scripture for that. Yes, we do. 1 John 3.16. Everybody perceives the love of God because he laid down His life for us. Somebody said, no, 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 that's, that's a life of the Son. And we're going to see that I and my Father are one. There, John 10, 30. One in the self-same spirit. So to understand that God Himself is that Lamb is that God Himself will provide Himself a sacrifice a lamb. Well, who's the lamb of God? The Father revealed in the body of flesh and blood. Now, we're going to see this many different times. We're going to see it in the Crucifixion Psalms, the Yachit again. And how, in the book of Hebrews, it's going to say uh, the Father talked to the Son, thy throne, and to the Son he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness, has been the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness, righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. God said he's God. How many gods are there? There's one. We can't say we're God. We say we're sons and daughters of God. But this is a capital S, Son of God. Not God the Son, the Son of God. Never will say God the Son because it has to do with the Yaquid. It has to use uh, the Yaquid as that only. Very unique. Only used 12 times in the Word of God in the Old Testament and then in the New Testament the, the only begotten. Now, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Who was it that died on the cross? Well, the Son of God died on the cross. Well, who is the Son of God? And that's what we're going into and focusing on as the Yaqid. Now, here we go. They came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, laid the wood in order, bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. We believe, take this to be at Moriah, the exact location of Golgotha. Calvary, just north of Jerusalem in that mountain, Mount Moriah. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called to him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, watch it here. Abraham, Abraham? Why not just Abraham? What did Jesus cry on the cross? Eloi, Eloi, in, in the Babylonian and in Hebrew, Eli, Eli, my God, my God. Lama why hast thou forsaken me? Eloi, Eloi, Eli, my God, my God, why is thou forsaken me? God never forsaken me for saying the, in the crucifixion Psalms that he's ever there present with him. But, he's not going to deliver him out of this. This soul being an agony, not my will, but thy will be done, if possible. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, we've got a will of the man and the will of God, but is this two separate persons? Two separate wills, then how can that be? We have to understand the Yaqid. We're getting into Revelation here. can only be revealed by the Spirit of God. Well, their own Mariah Abraham, Abraham. Eloi, Eloi. Eli, Eli. <laughs> We're talking about the Crucifixion Psalms. We're talking about Golgotha. We're talking about the only begotten that's being offered. And this is in a type that God received him in a type. We find that in the Hebrews. That Abraham withheld not thine son, thine only son Isaac. And he he was received in a type. He was a type of. And because Abraham was faithful and believed God that he was called the father of faith. And God said, now we know that nothing, uh, that Abraham will follow us all the way in truth because he did not withhold his only son. Well, Abraham, Abraham, Eli, Eli. We see the, the types. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do that thing unto him, for now I know that thou fearest God and seeing thou hast not we withheld thy son. Who? Second time. We saw it in verse 2. Here's the second time. Thine only and notice that son is italics. Thine only, Yaquid from me. We're going to see it again in a minute. This is the only, the only God, the only son, the only begotten. Take a look at the revelations. Very unique. Yaqeen means that very unique. And Abraham lifted up his eyes. Yeah, yeah, we lift up our eyes, and just as John, if his eye turned to see the Son of Man, one like the Son of Man standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. It takes revelation. When he's talking about the eyes, it's the aim. It's the fountain of revelation. And he says here, lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram, offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. There's a propitiation. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Irah. That the Lord will see to it. As it is said this day in the mountain of the Lord, it shall be seen. That is the revelation of God himself. The love of God that we perceive is through giving his only son, not only son, which is God's own life. Somebody said, no, wait a minute. God can't die. That's right. But if he added to himself a body of flesh and blood, he can. You see and take a look at Isaiah and we're going to see in Isaiah 59 as well as uh, 63. In Isaiah 59, he's going to have to have a man. This man from Abraham, Adam on to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all the way down to the, the patriarchs, all the way to uh, the prophets the Psalms, all for the apostles, everyone. He looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Take a look at Isaiah 59 and verse 16. And God, God had to have a man. Now, why did God have to have a man? He just couldn't go, okay, uh, you're forgiven. No blood because God had already gave Adam the dominion. And said, Replenish the earth and subdue it. Those two things. But Adam, we know, by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man, not God, his spirit, therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Now, the thing is, that servant, my servant, is a Yaqeed. He's not just another son, a very unique, solitary, only one of its kind. Yaqeed, thine only son which is a type we have thereof the Lord Jesus Christ dying for us on the cross. When we see that God had to have a man, He has to find a perfect, spotless, blameless man as a lamb for a blood offering. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins, for God has given the blood upon the altar uh, for an atonement. There's no other way. And God gave the law that sin might appear exceedingly sinful. or Where there is no law, the uh, sin is not imputed where there is no law. And by the knowledge of the law is sin. So sin there came exceedingly sinful by the knowledge of the law. But the law required, it had to be fulfilled in every point, be tempted in every point of the law to be righteous and holy, and then... Only then can a free will sacrifice lay down his life for the sin of the people. Well, God had to have a man. And all had sin come short of the glory of God, none with good, no, not one, all conceived in sin, shaped in iniquity. So therefore, in Isaiah 59, verse 16, and he saw there was no man. God looking for a man. Why? Because he has to have a perfect, blameless, spotless sacrifice for sin. A perfect, spotless, blameless lamb. And there was no man. And wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, what is God going to do? His arm. Not his son's arm. His arm. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him. And His righteousness, it sustained Him. I'm going to submit to you that Him is God Himself. And Him is that own servant that God added to His own spirit. Not a different one. Not a God junior. Not a spirit junior. But His own arm, my arm. And that'll be if so, solitary, unique, Yaquid, God's only. Take a look also at Isaiah 63. Remember again, a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back from under the law. And we see in Isaiah 63 5. And I looked, and there was none to help. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. There's no man. Therefore, God said, mine own arm brought salvation unto me. God's own arm brought salvation unto me, God said. God working salvation in and of his own self, providing himself self." A lamb, himself a sacrifice, God working salvation in and of himself alone. Exactly. Now we're getting into the only, the Yaquid. So solitary, unique, only one. Never be another never be, and have one, not one before him, not one after him. A very unique God's own arm. Not his son's arm, his own arm. Very important. Therefore, my own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury, it upheld me. That is verse 5. And there's many others, and we will get to that. But as we're focusing on the Yaquid, let's see. There's 12 times in the Word of God. Now, we've mentioned two times in Genesis 22, the Yaquid. Thine own son, Isaac. You have not withheld him, Abraham. He made that altar, Jehovah Jireh, Jireh Shalom, Jerusalem. And uh, uh, look at verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only, Now, son is in italics, not in the original manuscript. You have not withheld thy son, thine only. Now, he had many other sons, but this was unique. Why? It's a seed of promise. That in blessing, God said, I will bless thee, and in multiplying, I will multiply thee, thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the sea, shore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seat shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Now, three times he says Yaquid there. He said it in verse 2, he said it in verse 12, and he said it in verse 16. Now this is a very unique, one of a kind, and we have Abraham offering, say, telling us that as he offers his son, that he says, my son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. Now, that's unique. That's short circuits in every man of every mankind. That's short circuits. Well, God can't do that. He can't, he can't die. The Spirit can't die. He can't shed blood. And there's just no way. Well, that's what the princes of this world thought, too. If they had known, the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. <laughs> it's, it's very unique. We understand that. Is it hard to be understood? No. Very simple to be understood. If you just simply believe the leading of the Holy Ghost. But many will say, well, uh, you know, it doesn't fit into a finite mind. Well, that's where the Yaquid comes in. It's not something that's going to be as a norm. It's going to be a soul, unique, solitary, literal position of son to the father. That unless by the leading of the Holy Ghost it's impossible to understand, but by the Holy Ghost it's easy to understand. When we understand Thine only, only, the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. Therefore we go to Judges. Now this one gets a little harder. In Jephthah, and he has a daughter, and we go. He's going to go to battle, and he makes a vow, and. Uh, the sages and rabbis have have uh, given commentary on this for years, uh, and exactly what Jephthah did—did did he offer his daughter? Did he? What what did he do? And we find that he makes a vow, and uh, and when he makes the vow, he says that he will offer the first thing if he wins the battle that God has given into his hand, Jephthah. In the book of Judges, that'll be the 11th chapter, that he will offer to God an offering to the Lord God that first comes through and, and comes through the door. The first thing, he's going to offer it unto God. Well, we know he, he, uh, uh, Jephthah uh, goes against Ammon and he, he literally destroys the kingdom uh, we find that uh, that Jephthah, where the elders of Gilead, the heap of testimony and the people, made him head and captain over them. And Jephthah uttered all the words before the Lord in Mizpah, Mizpah, the watchtower, watchman, what of the night? It has very uh, significance as to end time uh, prophecy and eschatology. Uh, what will befall us in the last days? Uh, there in the circuits of God and how He does things is, was, and is to come. We won't go into that now, but we want to see that uh, he makes the vow, and Jephthah says uh, that he will offer the first thing that comes to the door. And uh, uh, we have there, we'll begin to pick it up in uh, uh, verse 32, so Jephthah passed over unto the children of Ammon, he, he's warring with them, to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. And he smote them from Errah, even till thou come to Mineth, even twenty cities, and unto the plain of the vineyards, with a very great slaughter. Thus the children of Ammon were subdued before the children of Israel. Now, when this happens, Jephthah has already made a vow, verse 34, and Jephthah came to Mizpah, watchtower. Now we're going to find again this Yaakim. But it's a very strange text here that causes, it's problematic about offering sons or daughters unto God as a sacrifice, like say they did in Molech. And Jephthah came to Mizpah, and to his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances. And she, and very important here, she was his only child. That only is Yaquid again. Solitary, unique one. Beside her he had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass, when he saw her, that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me. For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. I vowed a vow to God, and I can't go back on it. And she said unto him, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, Do to me according to that which thou hast proceeded out of thy mouth, for as much as she, for as much as the Lord hath taken vengeance for you of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. And she said unto her father, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months, that I might go up and down upon the mountains and bewail my virginity. I and my fellows. Now, here we go with the fellows. The, and this now we have from the feminine, the only child, thine only child, and uh, Jephthah's daughter. And he said, go. And he sent her away for two months. And she went with her companions and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains And it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father who did with her according to his vow which he had vowed. And she knew no man and it was a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite, four days in a year. Now, if Jephthah the Gileadite had gone to the priest, he could have offered 30 shekels of uh, there for the daughter and bought her because God never required a sacrifice to him as the other false gods uh, and the gods of these various uh, uh, heathen nations did. But he didn't go to Phineas the priest. He did not consult. So, uh, then you'll say, well, because it is Yaquid, and it says that uh, it was bewailing her virginity, that they, uh, Yaquid also means desolate, that he simply set her aside outside uh, of the city into a place by herself alone, And she stayed there all the days of her life and never marrying and being in solitude. Thus, Yaquid, but thine only daughter, thine only child. Others uh, will say, well, according to the vow, he offered her as a burnt offering uh, to the Lord. He sacrificed her to the Lord God Almighty. But the key there is Yaquid, thine only child. We find it with Abraham. We find it in the book of Judges. This is where a lot of the monasteries get that they're the nuns, stay nuns, and and, uh, do not marry, but are in that kind of a celibate lifestyle all their life, taking that vow, uh, just as Jephthah's daughter uh, did, and Jephthah prepared a place. Now, whether he sacrificed her or he didn't according to his vow, uh, there's... There's much debate on that. But the key word there is Yaquid, thine only child. Yaquid, solitary, unique. And we have a very unique situation there. Did he offer her? Did he just set her alone for the rest of her life, never marrying? But it was certainly unique. And that's what we want to focus on. And Psalm 22, this is going to be applied to our Lord. And this is very important because it refers to the Lord Jesus Christ and the crucifixion Psalms. And we find here in Psalm 22, and uh, uh, he goes on uh, verse 16 For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierce my hands and my feet. Of course, we're speaking of the Lord. I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Just like they cast lots for Jesus' vesture there, their cloak. But he, but he, be not thou, uh, that's verse 19. They said the Lord just forsook the Lord, Jesus. The Lord God Almighty forsook our Lord. Well, we find here, verse 19, but be not thou far from me, O Lord, Oh, my strength, haste thee to help me. As far as forsaking the Lord on the cross, the Father did not forsake the Son. Well, he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? It's simply that every time that the Son, whatever that he had asked the Father, that he always gave it him. But in this case, he will go all the way unto death when he makes his soul an offering for sin and will be satisfied. Um, he's wounded for transgressions, bruised for iniquities, The chastisement of peace was upon him. By his stripes we're healed. We all like sheep have gone astray, etc. So we find here in the crucifixion Psalms that the Lord was there and he said, be not there far from me and help me. Now, next verse. This is Psalm 22, and verse 20. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dog. My soul from the sword. The sword always in God's words judgment, and it's a two-edged sword. And this is yet my darling, my darling is a sole, solitary, unique one. My darling. Now, take a look at that. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, my unique one. The relationship from the son to the father is in a unique, solitary, one of a kind. Yakid. From the power of the dog. And then we find this written in the book of Hebrews by Paul. If you believe that Paul wrote Hebrews, and we I hold that he did, fourteen books out of the, the New Testament, twenty-seven books. But anyway, save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. Verse twenty-two. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All you seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All you seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the afflictions of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him, when he cried unto him, he heard. There's a the Yaqob again. We find that in the book of Hebrews he was heard and that he feared. There, making the captain of our salvation perfect through sufferings, he learned obedience to the things which he suffered. But here again, my darling, and if we take a good look at that. Neither hath he hid his face from him. God didn't fi- hide his face from his own body, his own unique humanity, human that he had uh, as a servant. Neither hath he hid his face from him, but when he cried unto him, he heard. He wouldn't just walk off and say, Well, Uh, that's my own body, my own son, my own unique, Yaquid, only, on the cross, and I just forget him, walk off. No. No, no, no. There's a relationship there that is Yaqeed only. And when we understand the only, then we understand, are we talking about a separate person? Or what is this unique, solitary, darling, my darling, and how it's so closely held as one. My father and I are one. John ten thirty. It's in the Yaquid. When you understand that, how God made himself of no reputation and took upon him, God himself, the form of a servant. He added to him the form of a servant. So his own arm would bring salvation to himself. And that's what we see in Isaiah 59, Isaiah 63, 5, etc. And we're going to see it again in Isaiah 43. Uh, there, take a look at it again in the Yaqui in Psalm 25. And it comes down, verse 13, His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Jesus is a covenant to the people. Mine eyes are ever forward or ever toward the Lord for he shall pluck my feet out of the net here we go verse 16 turn thee unto me and have mercy upon me for I am desolate and afflicted that desolate there is Yaquid I am Yaquid desolate all alone That's the reason every disciple forsook Jesus. Because he's going to be alone. He's the Yaqid, The solitary, unique soul one. Desolate. All by himself. Totally set apart. Never been one like him before. Never be another one like him again. He only is God. That I am desolate and afflicted. That is the Yaqid. Jesus himself. He is that, and we will go into how God added to himself the form of a servant and who he is. Then you will see plainly the Yaquid. It is a very unique, solitary only only time. The only one and never will be another one. Not one before him, not one after him. And that is the Iki. We see it again in Psalm 35. And we'll begin reading in Psalm 35, uh, verse uh, 15. But in my adversity they rejoiced and gathered themselves together, yea, the abjects, gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me and uh, ceased not with hypocritical mockers, In feast they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Lord, how long will thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destructions, my darling, from the lions. There it is again, my darling, my soul unique. So the father's calling the son, then only the son's calling the father. Thy mine only. My darling, the so solitary yakeed, unique one. My darling, from the lines, and it says, "I will give thee thanks in the great congregation; I will praise thee among many people." We find it again in another psalm, Psalm sixty-eight. Yakeed, why? Because we're focusing on them, the only. The Yaquid. And Jesus is the only begotten. The only God. The only Son. The Yaquid is and is the only one that you're speaking of God and the man who is the Son of God is the Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. Let's go on. And the water will still clear up even more. Psalm 68, we'll find in Psalm 68, verse 5, a father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. Verse 6, God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Solitary there is a solitary, unique Yaqid. Only one. God setteth the solitary are Yaqid in families. Let's take a look at it again in Proverbs 4. Uh, there's some things in Proverbs 4. The path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. But we need to take a look. There's a Yaquid in Proverbs 4 in the beginning of it. And uh, it goes and says, verse 1, Proverbs 4 Hear, you children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son. I was my father's son, tender and only, and beloved is in italics. I was my father's son, tender and only. Yaquid. Solitary, unique, only. Well, there's many other sons that, that Abraham had. And yet, Isaac was his only son. Solitary, unique. A very unique relationship, the only one. And it says here, for I was my father's son, tender and only, beloved in italics, not in the original manuscript, and yakeed in the sight of my mother. Very unique. It's a very unique relationship, not according to the flesh. Not according to flesh. When we, when we see that, that it is not something that you understand by human intellect. Because it is a yakit. It's a very unusual, solitary, unique relationship that God is going to do and work for His people. For those that will obey will be salvation to their souls. We find it again in, in Jeremiah 6, and uh, uh, and we find there is a, there's going to be a pain, a birth pain, in the church as well as in Israel. And in Romans uh, 9, 10, and 11, we're going to find that all Israel will be saved. Uh, there is no replacement theology that the nation of Israel is gone, uh, uh, and the church has replaced it. That is not so. God will save all of Israel. Uh, Genesis 12, as a nation, uh, Israel will, be, will rule all in the earth, and all nations in the earth will be blessed in the national Israel. Then in Genesis 15, the church, the seed of Abraham, which seed you are if you are a born and born born again believer of the water and the spirit uh, there and have the Holy Ghost Christ in you, the hope of glory. So uh, we see here that this psalm and uh, talking about the Yahki, Jesus on the cross, my darling. Now we're seeing it again here in Jeremiah six and we're seeing about this woman. Uh, Jesus is going to be birth of a virgin. And bring forth a son, call his name Emmanuel. God with us, not Son of God with us, because this is unique. A kid a very unique. And then we're going to find in Revelation 12, the woman being the church, you know, a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun the moon, and moon under her feet, upon her head, a crown of 12 stars, cried, travailing in birth, and brought forth a man child. Child there in the, in the uh, first stance is written out, and the second time it's mentioned in Revelation 12, it's just man, child, is written in italics, because it's grown there from a calf there to an ox, and it gets into the revelation of the work of the ministry in the last days. But we see here that uh, we look at Jeremiah uh, 6 and verse 17, and very important Uh, there in eschatology, I set watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. Now that's Rosh Hashanah, the voice of the Son of God. The time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. And that is the trumpet voice of God, the feast of trumpets of Rosh Hashanah, the head of the beginning of the new year, the new thing that God is doing. Therefore here, now this is Jeremiah 6, Verse verse 18. Therefore, hear you, nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, behold, I bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened to my words and to my law, but rejected it. You see, the thing that happens in judgments of the last days is... These own things uh, have come upon us because of our own doings and rebellion against God. Uh, and we have brought these things upon ourselves. To what purpose coming there the incense from Sheba and the sweet cane from a far country? Your burnt offerings are not acceptable, nor your sacrifice is sweet unto me. No, we go to church services all the time and God says, because you're not obeying me, you come... Uh, close to me with your lips, but your hearts fall far away. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you? In vain you worship me. Therefore, thus saith the Lord Behold, I will lay stumbling blocks before this people, and the fathers and the sons together shall fall upon them. The neighbor and his friend shall perish. Thus saith the Lord Behold, a people cometh from the north country. Behold, a great evil shall befall all the inhabitants of the land out of the north. And a great nation shall be raised from the sides of the earth. And we're going into Revelation 13 there. Uh, That will certainly come to pass in the last days. But before that, there's a man-child birth. There the church coming into the work of the ministry. They shall lay hold on bow and spear. They are cruel and have no mercy. Their voice, the voice roareth like the sea. They ride upon horses in array as men for war against them, against thee, O daughter of Zion. A time of trouble. We've heard the fame thereof. Our hands wax feeble. Anguish hath taken hold on us as pain as of a woman in travail. Now, as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Shall a nation be brought forth at once? We're not talking about May the 14th, 1948. We're talking about nation, Israel, literally ruling in the earth and all the people and nations of the world being blessed in national Israel. That's the reason why after Jesus' resurrection, they said, Ask Jesus, will at this will thee at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Or are you going to let Israel rule all the nations of the world? Jesus didn't say no, but he said God hath put all these things in his own power, but you shall receive power and that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, mortars unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the almost parts of the earth. So we see the things is, was, and is to come are the things that will uh, befall the people of God in the last days and a great glory, but yet a great uh, battle of evil against the good. And uh, it says that pain has taken hold as of a woman in travail, not only with national Israel on one day in Isaiah 66, but a time times they have three and a half years, 42 months, the birth of man-child, which will be the revelation of Jesus Christ, in and through his body, the church, For the preaching of the kingdom of God to all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Now, we're focusing on the Yaquita. I don't want to get sidetracked into the the work of the ministry uh, there and the last uh, three and a half years of Jesus' ministry. Verse 23. Go not forth into the field, nor walk by the way, for the sword of the enemy in fear is on every side. O daughter of my people, gird thee with sackcloth and wallow thyself in ashes. Make thee mourning as for an only son. Most bitter lamentation, for the spoiler shall suddenly come upon us. I have set thee for a tower and a fortress among my people that thou mayest know them and try their way not to destroy the people of God not to destroy Israel but that we will have a mourning for what? As for an only son. There's the the an only son is Yachid in verse 26 of Jeremiah six twenty-six. It's turning the whole earth national Israel and the church to the real Jesus Died as, what are you doing it for? Is a mourning as for an only son. Who's that only son? That Yaquid. When there's the, going to be a shaking among all nations, and then the desire of all nations shall come. All the silver and gold is mine, and I'll make the glory of the latter house greater than that of the former. But it'll all turn to Jesus. The Yaquid, that sole, solitary, unique one, that only the ones that seek him will know him and this unique, only God, only Son of God, who is the Father revealed. Take a look at Amos 9, and, and again, we see the same thing written again in verse 10. Well, take a look at verse 9. nine. And it shall come to pass on that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day darkness of the sun the moon and the blood well you know this uh, in that uh, sixth seal uh, there uh, in the coming of the Lord but these are the are the judgments of God uh, famine pestilence, sword and noise and beast God's four sword judgments in the earth now look at verse 10 and I will turn your feast into the morning these are supposed to be joyful feasts the feast of the Lord the moed divine appointments of God with man. The Feast of Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits, The Feast of Weeks, The Feast of uh, Trumpets, the, Fe- the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, and uh, uh, The Feast of Tabernacles, uh, The Feast of Sukkot. So, either, he, all of these, he said, I'm going to turn in the morning. What? Why? Because it's in birth pains, it's going to bring forth Jesus. And it says, I will turn your feast in the morning and all your songs into lamentations. And I will bring up sackcloth upon your loins, just as in uh, the day of atonement. And in uh, that, that feast of trumpets and the introspection of the ten days. And I will make it as a morning, a morning of an only son. Yachit again. And the end thereof as a bitter day. A bitter day. A woeful day. Yes. It'll be sweet to your mouth, John. This book, this Bibliaryan, this little book will be in your mouth. Sweet as honey, but it'll be bitter in your belly. Why? Well it's a morning. It's a make it as a morning of a what? Of an only son. Yaquid. There's that Yaquid again. That's so solitary, unique one. We see it again in Zechariah. Zechariah puts it this way in Zechariah 12, verse 8. In that day, the day of the Lord, the day of darkness, the day of gloomness, a day of destruction from the Almighty. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he that is feeble among them in that day shall be as David. And the house of David shall be as God as the angel of the Lord before them. Verse 9. Zechariah 12, verse 9. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth. Who are you mourning for? For his only son, Yaquid. There's that only again. His is in italics. For the Yaquid. That solitary, so unique God. That so unique, only God. My darling. Yaquid. And that day there shall be a great morning in Jerusalem as a morning of Hadad that in the valley of Megiddo. Here we, we told Armageddon. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's take a look at the Yaquid in the New Testament as the only begotten. John 1, verse 18. And no man has seen God at any time. Why? He's invisible. The only begotten that monogamous youos only begotten son or the monogenes theos only begotten God either way you go is correct. Because it's not whether it's son or God because the son is God Uh, The Son is God manifest. God is the invisible spirit. The Son of God is God manifest in the flesh. So there you have this so unique, solitary, unique one. Who is the Son? Who is the Father? And they can, uh, when I say they, I mean scholars and biblical scholars can sit there with different translations and all really correct. When you understand the Yaki there's only one. There's not one and a one junior. There's not a God and a God junior. There's not a spirit and a spirit junior. Christ is always used in the singular. That Christ is Jesus. And it's always Christ in the singular. The Messiah is who is one. He's God manifest. Therefore, it said, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten King James Version, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Or you can go with the ESV and say, no one has, uh, same uh, uh, John uh, 1.18, no one has ever seen God, the only God. There's that Yaquid, Monogades, the Theos, No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, He hath made Him known. The uh, New American Standard Bible. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, He hath explained Him. Well, they're all correct if you understand the Yaqui. The only, the only one. Well, who is this? You believe in one God, you do well. The devils believe in one God and tremble. So let's take a look at how this, the bottom line is there's a mystery there. It's a mystery. Take a look Look at uh, uh, Colossians 2. tells you the mystery. Uh, and uh, we're going to see it also in uh, uh, Philippians uh, 2. And how uh, six through eight. And we'll, we'll, I was going to go there, but we'll finish up with that afterwards. Go to uh, Colossians 2 and you'll see that mystery. It it is a mystery. It's not something that you're just going to stumble across. You must be seeking for this. Uh, The Yaqui, the soul, solitary, unique one. And it's unique and there's only one like it. It's not just a father and a son. And son saying, hi, father, how you doing? And oh, fine, I'm going just fine. That's not it. That's, that's a father-son relationship as we know it. But this is not, that's not the Yaquid. That's not the sole, solitary, unique one. There's never one been one before, and there will never be one like it again. So Colossians 2, uh, we see there that Paul... Uh, talking to the church at Colossae, speaks of this mystery. And we're going to see how he breaks it down to us very simply uh, there in the revelation of this Christ, of this Yaquid, this so unique, solitary one. Not one and one junior, but one. And how can it be? And uh, it's only in the revelation and the Holy Ghost will lead you there. Colossians 2, verse 2. that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and at all riches of full assurance of understanding. Understanding what? To the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Wait a minute, is that three or two? No. There's a mystery there. Verse 3. In whom are head... All treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why did God hide it? Because this is a hidden manna. Not as your fathers did, even that they? are dead. This is that manna that came down from heaven, the living bread, which we eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, we have life. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Well, is it the only begotten God, only begotten Son, uh, only God? Only, which one is it? Focus on the only because it's unique. It's the only solitary one. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I'm with you in the spirit, joined beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. That's a mystery of God and the Father and of Christ. What is that faith in Christ? As you have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, so walk in him, not them, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith. There's only one faith. As you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Well, we've got so many different ideas. Uh, we've got uh, fifteen different English Bibles, and half of them are going with only God, the only God, others are going with the only begotten Son. Uh, you know which one's correct? Because if we say this, it it is discrepancy with that. And uh, uh, then it doesn't fit in with this other scriptures. And uh, no, it all fits together. If you have the Yadki, if you know thy only son, thy unique, solitary, unique one, it's very simple. God loved you and died for you. 1 John 3.16, but how? That's the uniqueness of it. That the shows the love of it. It shows the wisdom of God. of it. Well, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. Because Christ, first and foremost, is the Spirit. You've seen that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. That the Old Testament prophets search diligently into the grace that should come unto you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit, Spirit of God, Spirit which is Christ, Jesus. That Spirit which is God is that Spirit. Fills heaven and earth. He is essence, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, God Almighty, Lord Jehovah, El Shaddai, Elohim, Everything God is, was, and ever will be is Jesus Christ. It's all in Him, through Him, and by Him. And that's the mystery of Christ. Because Christ, first and foremost, is that Spirit. Not a Spirit, Junior. Spirit. The Old Testament prophets prophesy the grace that should come unto us, searching what what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 11. That spirit is God. When it prophesied, testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ. Now, it's not Christ, Christ Jr., or a separate Christ. Christ is ever in the plural. Christ is Christ. It's that simple. Christ is Christ, yes. The spirit and the sufferings of Christ, the man, is one and the same Christ. It's God manifest. So, therefore, whenever Jesus, they said, for our good work, I was daily with you in the synagogue. Why do you stone me? They said, for a good work, we stone you not. But thou being a man, makest thyself God. For that reason, we stone you. And that's the reason they really took you to the cross. What we need, we more of any more witnesses. This man is blasphemed, Crucify him. Crucify him? This is not that God's little Elohim. This is a solitary soul, unique one. This is that one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord of God is one Lord. Somebody said, yeah, but he didn't use Yaquid there. He used Ekad, Ekad, Echad. E-C-H-A-D, Echad. Not Yaquid, which is a plural unity. No, Unity is unity. One means one. Well, it can be a people. Well, one people is only one people. One nation. Well, there's many people in the nation. No, you're getting off track. How many nations are there? One nation under God, indivisible. With liberty and justice for all. United States of America. One. One means one. One people. One nation. But that one, Ecod, means one. They, they try to say it's a plurality, you know, collective, you know, collective unity. <laughs> one means one. I don't care if it's Yaqid, Yaqid Ecod, or Alaf. One's one, or whether it's uh, you know uh, the Alpha is one. One means one. Well, Jesus is that Christ. Christ is that spirit manifest in a body. God manifests in the flesh. Well, let's see. Where can we see that? Is that somewhere in the Word of God? Oh, yeah, it's somewhere in the Word of God. Take a look at at, uh, 1 Timothy 3.16 And it says there, is uh, without controversy. Great is a mystery of godliness. Take a look at there. 1 Timothy 3.16. need to mark it in your Bible. And I know to many of you, one God people, this is uh, redundant for you, but it's safe. 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is a mystery of godliness. Why? God was manifest in the flesh. Not the Son of God. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Who was justified in the spirit? God was. Seen of angels. Who was? God was. Priest unto the Gentiles. Who was? God was. Who's that God? Jesus Christ. Priest unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. God believed on in the world? Yes, we believe in the name of the Son of God. Jehovah is salvation he Jehovah has worked salvation in and of his own self he looked for a man he could find none therefore his own arm brought salvation unto him for God was in Christ reconciled the world unto himself not to somebody else and the son different from the father said I and my father are one John 10:30. we're one in the self same spirit well how can that be When he said, you know, the excellent voice came from the uh, glory from heaven saying, This is my beloved son. My father's greater than I. The things concerning me have an end. There's these, these are discrepancies. No, they're not. When you understand uh, the Yaqeed, that's so solitary, unique one. Very unique. And there, he said, God was manifest in the flesh, justifying the spirit. God was seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. God was believed on the world. He was received up in the glory. Who was? God was. God manifest the flesh. That's that's a mystery of godliness. First Timothy 3.16. You can go on to... Uh, you can go to First Timothy uh, 6.15 and 16. Uh, you'll see there that it says uh, in verse 14... That's 1 Timothy 6, verse 14. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord is Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Jesus is Jehovah's salvation. Christ is the Messiah who is God manifest in the flesh. It's his name, Jesus. Look at verse 15. Tells you who he is. Which in his times... He will shew or show who is the blessed and only potentate. The only potentate is the omnipotent, the almighty who is the omniscient omnipresent. The king of kings and lord of lords. Who is the king of kings and lord of lords? Who is this king of glory? Jesus. Who only hath immortality. There's your only the only Yaquid. the only begotten Son, the only God, who only hath immortality. First Timothy six fifteen sixteen, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, no man, whom no man hath seen, no man has seen God any time. The only begotten Son, the only begotten God, the only God. He was in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared Him. He has shown Him. He has uh, revealed Him. Nor can see. To whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. How did He do this? Who is this? We can go on and on for hours and hours. As we've done in the nations. Showing to the ministers. That he is God. He's the only. The blessed and only potentate. Who only hath him. The only God. The only begotten son. Begotten. Well, when was he begotten? Before the foundation of the world? No, he wasn't begotten then. The word was made flesh and be, be beheld his glory as the only begotten. What is that? The word made flesh. It has two components. Number one. He is the Spirit of God. Number two, manifest in flesh. God manifests in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16. very simple. Now, take a look. In Colossians 2.9, he gives you the whole mystery of Christ. Even for in him, that is in that man, Jesus, dwelleth, or houses permanently, all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. One body, not two, not a separate person, no junior, no God junior, only one body. How did he do it? Philippians 2 5 through 8. And then we'll close. But you'll see if you grasp the Yaqub, the only one, the blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality, the only God, the only Son. As you see 12 times in the Old Testament, the Yaquid, thy son, thine only son, Isaac. That, my darling, Psalm 2220, Jesus on the cross, he is that only son, which is the only God manifest. The express image of his singular person, Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. Take a look at Philippians 2 verse 5 through 8, and you'll see how he did it. And it says, Let this man be in you, which was in who? Christ Jesus. Christ, the Christos, the Messiah, Hamashiach. Jesus, Yeshua, who is Jehovah's salvation. His very name is who he is. Jehovah is salvation. Not Jehovah Junior, not the son of Jehovah, but Jehovah is salvation. And it says, who being in the form of God, form is morpha, as we mentioned before, as an eternal state. What's God? God is a spirit. Who's in that form? Jesus. thought out robbery to be equal, not made equal, to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation. God humbled himself. That literally means made void made himself, only one time in the word of God, made himself, God himself, of no reputation. Why would he do that? Put a self-imposed limitation upon himself. Set aside his dignity. Set aside his glory. Why would he do that? Because he has to have a man Because by one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man. God has to have a man. He can't find one. So therefore, in Isaiah 59, Isaiah 63, 5, he said, My own arm brought salvation to me, myself. I made myself a body of flesh and blood. How did he do it? Well, he's in the form of God. He makes himself of no reputation, lays aside his glory, takes upon him, and there he is, God, but he makes himself of no reputation. Takes upon him another form. Well, the form of spirit, the form of spirit is eternal. He never ceased and desists from being God. He's always been God, always will be God. He cannot deny himself. Jesus is in that form, Morpha, that eternal state. But he makes himself of no reputation. He's God. He makes himself of no reputation and takes upon him. The form of a servant. He adds a form of a servant to him. Made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. Who? God in fashion as a man humbled himself to the the death of the cross. That's the reason why God has raised him from the dead and given him a name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. Well, what is it confessing? That he is Lord. Jehovah, God Almighty. So in the days of his flesh, the man has to come in under the law to redeem us that were under the law. To do that, he looks for a man. He cannot find one. He can't find an intercessor. He can't find a perfect, spotless, blameless man. All the sin comes short of the glory of God. So what does he do? He knows what he's going to do from Genesis 3.15, the first proto-evangel of the Hamashiach, the Messiah, the seed of the woman. Shall bruise his head and thou shalt bruise his heel. There's a promise of it. Who is this servant? He made himself, God made himself of no reputation. Laid aside his glory because he's only going to work as a man. Can't work as God. A man lost, and only a man can redeem us back. So he takes upon him, makes himself of no reputation, not going to work as God, takes on him the form of a servant, made in the likes of man. Who is this servant? Well, take a look at Isaiah 43.10. Who is that servant? Isaiah 43.10, he's going to tell us who he is. And if you'll turn there with me, it's a good thing if you mark this in your Bibles. Uh, there it it can save a lot of uh, discord among the brethren and getting uh, very tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Isaiah 43.10, he says, You are my witnesses. Who's saying that? Saith the Lord. Notice that Lord is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. That's the invisible spirit. And my servant whom I have chosen. I've chosen a servant. Well, that sounds like, well, There's a, to a natural mind, here's the Lord, the spirit, and he's choosing a man over there somewhere. My servant, whom I've chosen. But God says, no, this is a you. This is a Yakeed. this is a so unique, solitary God. This is a solitary, unique son. Never be another one like him. Never, never be another one uh, uh, before him. He's the only one. a solitary, unique soul one. Yakeed, the only begotten, the only God. Who is he? Well. The that saith the Lord, says, say, "You are my witnesses, not that not the various denominational churches, not uh, the bishops and apostles and prophets and whatever going around. You are my witnesses." Saith the Lord, Lord Jehovah, God Almighty, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Spirit. No flesh and blood there. Spirit. God is the Spirit. There He is, the Lord, and. Uh, my servant whom I have chosen. Well, that you may know and believe me and understand. Understand this yaqeen, Understand this so unique solitary one. That there's never one, been one before and never shall be one after me. Only one God here. That you may know and believe me and understand. Understand what? The Lord and his servant that I've chosen. Understand what? That I am he. Notice, before me, there was no God formed. God made himself of no reputation and took on him the form of a servant. Before him, there was no God formed. Neither shall be after me. Who is this? It's the Yaqeen, a solitary soul, unique one. Before me, there was no God formed; neither shall be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no savior. Jesus is Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. He's saying that he, the Savior, is that servant who is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the image of the invisible God. You've seen me; you've seen the Father. I, even I, am the Lord. That's Isaiah forty three, eleven. And beside me there is no Savior. Somebody said, "Well, the only begotten God, which is at the right hand of God, the right hand is not." A car, meaning a physical right hand, where God can say, well, there's a right hand. No. That right hand just means he's exalted. The man's exalted. Where'd he go? To God's own self. He sat down with the Father in his throne, not beside it. Somebody said, well, he him in mean, his own right hand in heavenly places. Yes, for us, for the body of Christ, four and twenty seats in heaven, with the four and twenty elders, which is a priesthood. That's the re- reason in Revelation 3.21, he said, him, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me because everything's in Jesus Christ. He prepared a place for us. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, sit, S-I-T, sit, a positional place of glory. Not our glory, but his. He prepared a place for us. Where did you go, Jesus. Even as I overcame and am set, not S-I-T, not a physical right hand, but S-E-T, a state of glory forever settled in heaven, set down with my father in his throne. In his throne, that would mean that all power in heaven and earth is given unto Jesus, the man. That means Jesus, the man, is a quickening spirit. Yes, it does, doesn't it? That's Revelation 321. Well, didn't Jesus say coming out of the tomb? In John 2, he said, destroy this temple in three days. I will raise it up. You'll raise up your own temple, Jesus. The Jews said 40 and 6 years were this temple in building. And you will raise it up in three days. But Jesus spake of the temple of his body. Not Aaron, but Naos, his own body. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. Now we're getting to the Yaqi, the sole unique one, solitary only. Not another. Who is he? He says, uh, I am the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And beside me, there is no Savior. There's no Savior beside me. I have declared and I have saved, I have shewed, I showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Somebody said, Jesus never said he was the Father. Yes, he did. Of course, he did. Many times. Somebody said, Name one. I can name several. John 10 30, John 8 13 through 27. When they came to John, the Pharisee said unto Jesus, Lord, Jesus, you bear a record of yourself. Your record's not true. Jesus said, though, I bear a record of myself. My record is true. I'm not alone. But I and my Father sent me. It's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. You want a testimony? Believe the testimony that God gave of his son. And what is that? That testimony that God gave His Son and believe in the name of the Son of God, Jehovah's salvation. Believe that He is the Christ. What is that? That Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He's the Hamashiach. He is the Savior. He is the Redeemer. He is the Christ who is a liar, but he, that knife that Jesus, is the Christ, is the Father of glory, is the Word, is the Holy Ghost. Christ is all the offices of the Spirit. Christ is that spirit. 1 Peter 1, verse 10. The spirit of Christ that was in Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets, all the way to Malachi. Who was the spirit of Christ? That is Christ. Who is a liar but he denied that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist that had denied both the Father. Somebody said, I didn't know the Father. Yes, you did. Because Christ is the Father, if you deny that Jesus is the Christ, you have denied the Father, that invisible spirit. He is the Father revealed. That's in John fourteen. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. And how says I then show us the Father. Believe me that I'm in Father, Father and me, or else believe me for the works' sake. The works? Yes. He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils opened blind eyes, loose the dumb thung, the lame walk, the captive went free, and blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me, Jesus said. Now, if you're still with me, you're on your way to the real Yaquib, the real revelation of the only one, the only God manifest in flesh, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, Jehovah God Almighty, Elohim Himself, El Shaddai manifest in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. Working salvation in and of Himself alone. Somebody said, well, I've got a lot of questions. Let us hear from you. There's a lot of questions and there's a lot of answers that the Holy Ghost will give you. The ones that seek seeking Him with a pure heart. There Jesus in John 8 He says, written your law, the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself. I'm here in the flesh. You're looking at the man, body, soul, and a human spirit, sitting there looking at you. And my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. There's your two witnesses. Well, they couldn't see. They looked around and couldn't see the father. Why? Because the father is the invisible spirit of God. But now that spirit's made manifest and all power and all authority. Jesus said, the words that I speak are not mine. Well, then whose are they? The Father that dwelleth, houses permanently in me, never to leave. Katacheo, houses permanently. A permanent tabernacle, a permanent dwelling. The Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. The words that I speak are not mine. The Father dwelling in me, He's the one doing the work. If I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, know you, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. There's your blessed and only potentate, the Holy One of Israel, that solitary, unique God manifest in flesh as a man, the Son of God, the Father revealed, never be another one, never one after Him. Jesus said, There you've Written your law, the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and my Father that sent me, He beareth witness of me. They said, "Where is your Father? We don't see your Father." Jesus said, uh, uh, "If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. You don't know me. You don't know Jesus is the Father." The little children that are born again. the sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And they've known the Father. They know he's the Father first, John 2, 12 through 14. They know, little children know that he's the Father. And uh, those that Jesus right there said, you're from beneath, I'm from above, you're of this world, I'm not of this world. We go on and read, Jesus said, moreover, Jesus spake these words in the treasury, no man laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come. Moreover, Jesus said, I go my way. And whether I go, you cannot come. They still don't get it. They said, well, where will he go? Will he kill himself? Because he said, whether I go, you cannot come. He came from God. He's going back to God. He made himself of no reputation, took on the form of a servant. Who is that? God Almighty. The blessed and only unique God manifest. Yaquid. The only God. The only son who is the father revealed. They just didn't get it. Will, will, will he kill himself? Where will he go? Because he said, whether I go, you cannot come. Well, then Jesus said, John 8, 24, except you believe that I, the man, am he, the father, you shall die in your sins. John 8, 27, this they understood not, that Jesus spake to them of the Father. He said, if you believe that I am the Father, you shall die in your sins. Mm. There you have this solitary, unique Yaquid, only, the blessed and only potentate, the only begotten of God, the only begotten God, and the only begotten Son of God, if I say He's the only begotten Son of God, the Son of God is the Father revealed, one and the same. If I say the only begotten God, it's God that formed Himself a body of flesh and blood. Isaiah 43.10, Isaiah uh, 44.24, it's also uh, Isaiah uh, 63.5, His own arm brought salvation to Himself. Isaiah 53.1, to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed, that arm of flesh, Wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, chastised for our peace of his own, and by his stripes for we'll heal. He'll, we all see him stricken, smitten of God. We all like sheep have gone astray. That is the Lord God Almighty. He's the blessed and only. He's that only unique one. That only solitary, never been one before. Neither, neither will there be another one after him. The uh, Yaqi, the only begotten. The only begotten Son, yes. The only begotten God, yes. Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord, you are my witnesses, not the denominational churches out there. You take a look for, for your own soul, your own soul's salvation. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord. That's capital L-O-R-D, by the way. Lord, Jehovah God. And my servant whom I, have, uh, whom I have chosen, there's that man, took upon him the form of a servant, making the likeness of man, Man being found in fashion as a man, as servant as a man, Christ Jesus, who says, I and my Father are one. One is not whom in a union. It's heis, H E I S, one in the self same spirit. The Son of God is the redemptive office, redemptive office of the Spirit of God. The Son of Man is the uh, kingdom office of that same spirit. The Father is the administrative office of that same spirit. The Word is the expression office of that same spirit. The Holy Ghost is a power office of that same spirit. <laughs> and there's just one spirit there. God is a spirit, singular. Well, Jesus there, whenever he said in Isaiah forty three ten, that you may know and believe me and understand, not denominations, not through some seminary, cemetery, going off and getting a doctorate of theology, or whatever the case is, but believing his word that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. I am that God. Be- beside me, there is no Savior. No other Savior. We're going to read it down there. Isaiah 43.10, you can read it on. He's your Redeemer. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, God with you. God manifest. That's the mystery of God, and the Father, and of Christ. That's the reason why in 1 John 2.22, who is a liar but he that denied that Jesus is the Christ. Christ needs to be taught in all churches, in all assemblies and congregations to the body of Christ. And that's where we as ministers have let the body of Christ down. We have not so proclaimed Christ. The height, depth, length, and width of Christ. The height, he's God. The depth, he became a man. The length and width, Christ in you and Christ in the body of Christ. And the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit were children of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ proceeded from the Father, went back to the Father. Jesus said, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. No man can raise up his own body except to be God. Take a look at Isaiah forty-three thirteen. Yea, before the day was, I am he. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work and who will let it? Verse 14. This is Isaiah 43, 14. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Now, that Holy One is a unique one. It's not just, well, God is a spirit and there's a man over there. He's telling you that that man is that soul, solitary, unique, Yaquid. That man who is God. That son who is the father. It has never been one before him, never will be one after him. He is the sole, solitary, unique, only begotten, and is not another. He said, Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon, and I have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cries in the ships, I am the Lord, your Holy One. There's that Holy One, that unique one. That Yaquid, only one. The creator of Israel, your king, and on and on and on. You've seen me, you've seen the father. Uh, Jesus fulfills the law as a man. The spirit of God has made itself of no reputation, God himself, so he can work and fulfill the law as a man only. And therefore, the man cannot begin his ministry except what the law says. The law says the high priest takes his office at age 30. Numbers 4 tells you the high priest takes his office at age 30. So Jesus, being about the age of 30, begins his ministry. Why? Because he is God, but he is, is latent. He's made of no reputation. He's laid aside his glory so he can work only as a man. That law is still there Dividing that unique solitary one, even though he is a spirit manifest in flesh, the spirit is made of no reputation and can only break through the man as the law, as the man fulfills the law. And as he crucifies the flesh with the affections and the lust, and then he takes his office as a high priest. Only then can the spirit of God that he is start breaking loose in this in the son of God. And from the womb he giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. He wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. He is the Holy Ghost. He is that spirit. Always has been. But it made itself of no reputation. So he took on him another form of a servant. Made in the likeness of man. He's in the form of God. He's that form. And he's the form of a servant. That's a solitary, unique one. He's the only begotten God. He's the only begotten Son, which the Father revealed. Well, when you have that knowledge, you've got the only begotten, full of grace and truth. And he's fulfilling the law as a man because he's made his spirit of no reputation. And as he fulfills the law, then the spirit breaks through more and more. Every one of the miracles of Jesus are progressive until finally he takes the ordinances of that law that are contrary to all mankind and takes those ordinances and nails it to his cross and thereby breaks down the middle wall of partition making Jew and Gentile alike yes that's fine but God and all mankind breaks down that middle wall of partition thereby making peace making one new man the man Christ Jesus 1 Corinthians fifteen forty five. that first man Adam was made a living soul we understand that but a lot of people don't get it. that last Adam, that second Adam, that last Adam, Jesus, was made a quickening spirit, not spirit junior, a quickening spirit. So as he fulfills the law, and then he dies on that cross, that veil, that is say his flesh rent from top to bottom, that veil in the holy place, between the holy place and the most holy place, inherits temple rent from top to bottom. And the ordinances of that law, the ordinances of that law that were contrary to us, all mankind, he nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down that middle wall of partition, making God and all mankind back as one. Through him, Jesus, he has entered into that light which no other man can enter into. Why? Because he's a solitary, unique soul one. Which no man can approach into First Corinthians, I mean First Timothy 6:15 6, and 16, which no man can approach unto nor see nor can see. He's in that light. That's the reason after Jesus raises from the tomb from the dead that he says to his disciples, "All power, Matthew 28:18, "All power in heaven and in earth is given unto me. That didn't leave the Father powerless. Yeah, in Acts two thirty six, let all the house of Israel know. Surely, that same Jesus, whom you crucified, that man, that solitary, unique, that unique solitary one, that God, that you crucified, that man, Christ Jesus, who is God manifest in the flesh, yet Lord of glory, you would not have crucified the princes of this world. Would not have crucified if they didn't known the Lord of glory. <laughs> but that same Jesus whom you crucified. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly. Acts 2.36. That same Jesus whom you crucified. God hath made him both Lord and Christ. He's gone back to the Father. Glorified with the Father's own self. John 17.5. Blessed and only potentate. 1 Timothy 6.15. 16. Who only hath immortality, mortality. The only. Blessed and only potentate. There's that Yaquid. When you see the Yaquid. You can't just place him there and say. Oh he works salvation only as a man. Yes because the spirit had made himself. a no reputation. Philippians 2, 6 through 8 There's your key to understanding. How he is the only begotten God. That he is the only God. That he is the only begotten son. He is the Christ. And he that denies that Jesus is the Christ has denied both the Father. Why? Because the Father is that invisible spirit and the Son. Why? Because the Son is the invisible spirit revealed. He's denied the Son too. He that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. 1 John 2 22. Why? Because the Son is the Father revealed. There's your only one. There's your Yaquid. Mentioned 12 times in the Old Testament. It is your John one eighteen right there. No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, the only begotten Son, the only God. It's all correct if you understand. If you understand the only, the Yaqid. Well, this is Brother Dennis Baird, Sealing God's people. Love to have you subscribe to the podcast. Have questions? Give us a uh, drop us a line. Uh, give us a call. We'd love to talk with you. Uh, we'll answer your messages. Uh, and until the next time, this is Dennis Spirit, your host, of Sealing God's People, saying, Behold, the real Jesus. Friend, we have for gift offer this month, gift offer 1001, which is eight DVDs in the Jesus-only Doctrine of Christ, which is essential for sealing going from babies to little children That to overcomers and then final fathers, having their father's name written in there for you. As I think you'll find it a blessing to you. Eight DVDs, well, over two hours teaching on each DVD on the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, you can get this right to me, Dennis Beard, at Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. That's Dennis Beard. Post Office Box 2906 Longview, Texas Zip Code 75606 Or visit our website DennisBeard.org Or SealingGodsPeople.org Request your copy 8 DVDs On the Revelation of Jesus Christ Mention Offer 1001 That's 1001 For your gift of $100 Or more And we'll get it right out to you Again that's the Revelation of Jesus Christ, eight DVDs over two hours teaching on each separate DVD of eight DVDs over 16 hours of teaching. Therefore, normally a gift of 160 you can have it or gift offer for this month. Gift offer 1001, 1001 Request the Revelation of Jesus Christ for your gift of $100 or more right there at... Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas Zip Code 75606 Or the website DennisBeard.org Or SealingGodsPeople.org I know it'll be a blessing to you Until the next time Brother Dennis Beard saying Behold the real Jesus